uh, no turning back. And more specifically, we're talking about a radical faith. Well, first, before we get into that, I just want to mention our uh, Wednesday night gathering. We're calling it the gathering, and it's an, an opportunity for us to come together and be spirit-led, have an opportunity to worship together, to spend time in prayer. Um, we had some great conversations this past Wednesday. I think we had about 12 of us that were here. Uh, great conversations based on some of the things that we're all dealing with in this world around us. And uh, we know that it's not uh, easy. Some of these things are not easy. But it's important for us as Christians to grapple with them, to wrestle with them. Because there are no easy answers, quite often, to some of the things that we're dealing with in our society. And I want to encourage you, if you've been struggling with some of those things, and you don't really know what to think, you're not really sure what to think, Wednesday night's a perfect night to be able to talk through those things together. And also to pray over our nation, and pray for the needs of this church. And we also come together and do some worship. It's a, it's a lot less formal. Just me and a acoustic guitar and uh, an open room for you to wander if you like to pray while you pace, which is what I like to do. You might notice that because I kind of pace when I preach, too. I like to pace when I pray. Uh, but the room is here available for us, and we come together and just believe that God's going to really continue to answer prayers. Because he's already been answering prayers for our Tuesday night prayer line, but we combine them for our Wednesday night. So we're all together. And I want to encourage you to come out for that. Now, this morning, there are moments in life when you just have to submit to the circumstances that you're facing. Submit to the problem. In this story told by a woman named Christine Wilson, a problem that she was going through actually becomes part of the solution. You see, she was standing in her kitchen, of her newly acquired kitchen, and she had been doing some painting. And of course, when you do painting, what do you do? You wear your oldest shoes. And she had some very old shoes. In fact, these shoes even had holes in them on the top. You want to ruin her nice shoes. And of course, in the process of painting, what does she do? She steps in the paint tray. And as she steps in that, that paint tray, it's a, it's a nice, bright country orange on her foot. And she had wished that she brought some socks with her, at least, but she didn't. And so here she was with an orange shoe. A few minutes later, she began to go to, uh, to her sitters to pick up her kids. And the sitter said, you know what? Kids are still napping. Why don't you go do some shopping? You know, go to the places that you need to go. Come back later, and then they'll be awake. So she wanted to take advantage of that, of course. So she's absolutely out. You know, I'll, I'll be back in a little bit. So she went to a department store, and as she began to go there, she remembered that she had an orange foot, in fact, an orange toe, and it went through her, her shoe. So here she is in the store, and she remembered her toe. How would she explain this to people who may ask? At the store, however, she went to the, the housewares department, began to look around, and there she found that all things do, in fact, work together for the good. Why? Because she was able to perfectly match the new kitchen dishcloths and towels with that country orange, because it was on her foot. You see, there are some times in life where we just have to roll with what happens. We don't always have control over the things that happen in our lives. And we submit to the situation, and what do we do? We make the best of it. What else are you going to do? Maybe, just maybe, the circumstances and the things that we go through, God is trying to work through that. God 
God is trying to use it in some way in our lives. But what happens when things don't turn out according to our plan? According to the plan that we had set out? There's a moment of decision. Will we surrender to God's plan? Or will we continue to do it our way? Do it the way that I want to. This is my plan. God, please bless my plan. Remind me of the famous hymn. You probably all know this hymn. It's been sung all over the world. Specifically at Billy Graham Crusades. I surrender some. Right? I surrender some. That's the title of the song. You're, you're probably all aware of this song. I surrender some. Some to Jesus I surrender. Some to him I give it all. Something like that. No, what is the title of the song? I surrender all. What does all mean? Everything. All. Is that all inclusive? I surrender all. Every moment. Every situation I go through. Every aspect of my life. Both the good and bad. Lord, I surrender it to you. My sin. The times I've fallen short in my relationships. Or the fallen short in the people that I know. Lord, I surrender that to you as well. And one of the most important lessons we can learn in this life. Now make sure that you get this if nothing else. If we've learned anything over the past year, one of the things that we've learned is we are not fully in control. Amen? We've seen that. We're not fully in control. But we do know the one who is. Amen? So we surrender control. We learn to surrender all. And surrendering all isn't a one-time thing, is it? It's a continual process. Surrendering all isn't one time and that's it. It's done. God continues to work in our lives in such a way that we surrender piece by piece. Paul says he dies daily. It's a surrendering. We learn to surrender all. And someone that we've been learning about as we've been going through the book of Ruth, someone who really understands what it means to surrender all, is Ruth. She's been through quite an emotional roller coaster in her life. As we follow her story up to this point, she surrendered her husband. She surrendered her people. She, su she surrendered her land. She surrendered her provision and her family. And when we see the process surrender, we see the process of surrender. When she says this, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Where you live, I will live. Where you die, I will die. That sounds a lot much more like I surrender all than some of our feeble attempts to sing that song and to live it out. There is still one more thing that Naomi advises her to do. One of the most critical components of this plan, if you've been with us, some of the things that we've been talking about, is the first thing that Naomi told Ruth to do is to wash. Representing repentance and forgiveness in each one of our lives. And the second thing she told, us, told her to do is anoint herself. This is representing being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the third thing she told her to do is to change her clothes. And last week we talked about putting on, taking off the clothes of the world. And putting on a new uniform. And putting on the robe of righteousness. Oh, and one more thing, Ruth. In fact... For most of us, this is the hardest step. Surrender your life to the kinsman redeemer. Let 
Let's read it today together in Luke chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. We're working our way through this book. We're in chapter 3, verses 4 through 6. It says, Be sure to notice where he lies down. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. I will do everything you said, Ruth replied. Now pay close attention to this next verse, because it may just be not only the first time, but probably the only time this has happened in history. Verse 6. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. Quite possibly it's the first and only time that that happened. I did it once. So what happens here? Naomi says, uncover his feet. Now, we don't really understand what that means. Does that mean take his shoes off? No. It's a little bit of a different time. Uncovering his feet was a sign of surrender. It was a sign of humility. It was a symbol of her offering herself to the Lord of the harvest. An offer of marriage, if he would have her. An offer for him to be her kinsman redeemer. To restore all that was lost by her family, by her husband. This was a signal to Boaz that he is being offered the role of kinsman redeemer. So here she was showing humility. She came to him while he was sleeping and she slept at the feet of Boaz. It reminds me of a song sometimes we sing. We fall down, we lay off. Humility, we come before him. We cry humbly as the Lamb. And we see that even in Scripture, Jesus came not to, to be served, he came to serve. He humbled himself, he submitted himself to the will of the Father, and became the ultimate example of servanthood. One who continually and fully submitted his life to the Father. Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. This is New Living Translation. It says, But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority of those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. A story about the a story that demonstrates the strength of humility. There's a pastor in India who is confronted with an angry man in his office one day. After the man just unloaded all of his anger and all these accusations on the pastor, he said, do you have anything to say? Pastor slowly got out of his chair, grabbed the bowl, and went to the washroom next door. Filled that bowl with water and proceeded to wash the man's feet. The man said, What are you doing? He said, All the accusations you have against me are wrong. However, you feel like I've harmed, I've harmed you somehow. 
So therefore, I'm asking you to hear this. The man then began to break down at this act of humility and opened his heart to the Lord. See, the pastor's humility was shown to be a strength and not a weakness. True humility always stands out as a powerful strength instead of weakness. It also pleases God. The scripture says, all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. 1 Peter 5, 5, 5 through 6. Clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. You see, we are called not to demand our rights, but to serve others. Amen. This is the way that we live in this upside-down kingdom, where the first will be last, and the last will be first. What would happen if Ruth had demanded her rights? What would happen, what would have happened if Jesus had demanded his rights as the Son of God? When she went in with a heart of entitlement instead of a heart of humility, a heart of honor, not an honor, but a I believe in this circumstance there would have been a different outcome. See, as a foreigner, she was hated. She was hated and forbidden to marry. Moabites. The Israelites were not supposed to marry the Moabites. There's no obligation to her by Boaz. Boaz could have simply said, No thanks. It's against our laws to marry a Moabite woman. But we know the story, and that's not right. Naomi tells her in this next step, submit to his plan. Submit to his plan. Whatever it is, lie down there and he will tell you what to do. See, to live a radical faith, we need to do all the things we've talked about before. We first need to repent as a church and individually of the areas that we've fallen short. Repent and ask for forgiveness. And second, we need to ask for the anointing and the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit consistently as God is working in us. And we need that change of clothes. We need to put on Christ's robe of righteousness around us. But the next step is a hugely important step. Surrender your life to his plan. And it's often the most difficult one of all. How much heartache and trouble we can avoid if we would just learn to sit at the feet of Jesus or our bridegroom with humility submit our lives to him. Lord, whatever you say, I will do. I give up control. I give up my plans. They aren't working out the way that I thought anyway. Because what we continue to learn through this process of growing, in this process of humility, in this process of surrender, is that we are not really in control. So we surrender that control. We give it over. And we learn as a process to surrender not some to surrender all. There's a story of a mom who was struggling with her young toddler. And she was, this toddler was a very strong-willed three-year-old. His name was Thomas. She looked at him in the eye and asked this question, and she was sure that this would bring him in line, that this would bring him right back to where he needed to be. And the question was, Thomas, who's in charge here? Not missing a beat, our Sunday school born and bred toddler replied, Jesus is. Hmm. What lessons we can learn 
from the top. Jesus is in charge. He works things for the good. We learn to trust him with everything when we surrender our control and submit to his plan. Romans 8.28, we all know the scripture passage. God works everything together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. You may hear that sometimes and say, really? Really? How can he turn my spouse dying of cancer into good? How can he turn my best friend committing suicide for my good? How can he turn my bitter divorce into good? How can he turn my wayward son or daughter into good? How can he turn my addiction into Many people would say that everything happens for a reason. reason. In my humanity, I can't think of one good reason for any of these situations. I can't think of one. Though it sounds good, I'm not sure that I agree with that statement that everything happens for a reason. What good reason could there be for a son or daughter to lose their parents in that time? Good reason to come out of that. But what I do believe firmly is this, that God can redeem every situation. Amen. That God can redeem any situation. There is no situation too big or too small or too great. He can redeem any situation. I can't give you good reasons for why it happens. <coughs> but what I put my confidence and trust in is that he can redeem it. That's where I place my trust. Another scripture about surrender comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that He's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. To the problem with a living sacrifice, He's asking us to give our bodies as a living sacrifice. And the problem with the living sacrifice is there are moments that we once a sacrifice, we put ourselves on that altar. But then there are other moments where we want to crawl off of it. There are some moments where we want to sing, Lord, I surrender all. All of it I give to you. And there are other times we sing, well, Lord, I, I surrender some. There are moments of feeling young hope for Christ and excited about what he's doing. And other moments where we take everything back that we thought we had sacrificed. And what do we have to do in this process? We have to place ourselves back on that altar over and over and over again. Paul says, I die daily. I die daily. I give myself daily. I have to offer myself as a sacrifice daily. In humility, offer yourself and surrender to his plan. Wave the white flag of surrender. Lord, I'm done doing it my way. By faith, I believe that your way 
is better. Even when I can't see it. And until you surrender, you will be a miserable Christian. Until you surrender, you will be a miserable Christian. I faced a piece of that, and I can tell you a lot of stories. But I faced a piece of that when I was a, a senior in high school, getting ready to graduate. I felt a call to ministry. I had no idea what to do, do with that. And I decided that I was going to go into the business school at the University of Pittsburgh. I was going to run the opposite direction of where God wanted me to be. My first year at the Cat School of Business, um, you all know me, many of you know me, you can't keep it all on me, but I'm a Pittsburgh fan. Steelers, Penguins, Pirates. Ouch. University of Pittsburgh. All my favorite teams were in this, this city. But I was miserable. Miserable. I felt the thumb of God continuing to, to crush me. You, you know that song we just sang? About in the crushing, in the pressing, you're making new wine. I was miserable because I was running from the call of God. Until you surrender, you're going to be miserable too. Until you surrender, you're going to be miserable too. What are the results when you surrender yourself at the feet of Jesus? You become a living sacrifice. And what happens? Then, then you will know. Then you will know what? Then you will know God's will for you. Then you will know His plan. When you surrender, he, begin, he begins to reveal his plan for your life. And just as Boaz will tell Ruth what to do, God will reveal to you what to do when you surrender. Living a radical faith, living a faith of no turning back, means to repent and receive that forgiveness, being filled with the Holy Spirit, changing your clothes and putting on the robe of righteousness, but it also means surrendering your life to his plan. See, it's great to have information. And there's a lot of it out there. You can Google anything almost these days and find out about it. But it's better to have information that transforms your life. It's one thing to have a plan and to know the plan. It's another thing to put that plan into action. To do something with it. See, Ruth was just not a hearer of the word. She was a doer of the word. And the last thing Ruth says to Naomi in this passage, she says, I will do everything you say. I think that's what God does with us when we hear his voice. God, I will do everything you say. I don't surrender some. I surrender all. Obedience. So Naomi and Ruth have this plan and she follows through with that plan. This morning, I don't know what you're facing, but today may be a day of decision for you. Will you follow after God's plan for your life or will you continue down the path of your own? Will you continue to live out your plan? Whether you're a believer or not a believer, you could be a believer and still be heading down that long path. <laughs> to live a radical, no turning back kind of faith, we need to make that kind of decision. So we can be a church and a bride who's ready for Christ's return. 
to wash, to repent, to be forgiven, to anoint, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to change our uniform, put on His role of righteousness, and to surrender our lives to Him, surrender to His plan for our lives. All of these things, the washing, the anointing, the changing of your uniform, prepare you for the last thing. And that surrender, process of surrender. And if you do these things, you will do well and be on your way to living a radical faith. No turning back. This is a day of no surrender. No longer do we sing, I surrender all, when we really mean I surrender some. Saying I surrender all. This is the time to live a radical faith and no turning back. No retreat, no surrender. He is our God, and we are his people. To live is Christ, to die is gain. This morning, if you can bow your heads with me today. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, Today is the day. He loves you and has a plan for your life. And I'm not just speaking to someone who's never surrendered and been, given, been forgiven by God. I'm speaking to those of you who are, maybe you've been Christ follower for many years now. And you still are only surrendering some. Today is the day to surrender at all to Christ. Your life is not over. There is still more to give, and you have to try to control your life, and it hasn't worked out so well. So what do you have to lose? The Bible teaches that he works everything for the good of those who love God and are called by him. This morning, you're being called. Will you answer the call? Will you answer the call to surrender? You can take a step today to ask Jesus Christ to be a part of your life, to bring freedom to you. Just with a simple prayer. It's a prayer of surrender. It's a prayer of giving your life to Him. I ask you to pray this if you are serious this morning about surrendering your life to Him, about giving your life to Him, about experiencing His forgiveness, about experiencing new life for you. I ask you to pray whether you're watching online or you're here in this room. If this is you, you can pray it in your heart, you can say it out loud if you Lord, I need your forgiveness in my life. Today, I surrender to you. I am no longer in control of my life. Help me to give up control to you. Thank you for loving me and giving your life on the cross. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and I believe you rose again. Forgive my sin today. Today, I give you my life. Make me do right now and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you said that prayer, I want to encourage you to download a free app called YouVersion. And in there you can search for this particular devotion called First Steps for New Believers. And then I'll give you some first steps of growing in your faith. I want to encourage you to get involved in the church if you're, if you're far away, that you find a church local to you. If you're local here, services are at 10 a.m. on Sunday. I encourage you to be a part of that church so you can continue to grow in your faith. Should we just all stand together this morning as I just speak this opening today and as we do this in closing. I say this to you as we push through this portion of Ruth so far. 
It's time, church, to live a radical faith. Amen. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you where you've fallen short. And repent. Ask and seek for the filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. And if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit in the past, ask for more. Ask for it again, because the scriptures say to keep on being filled. That is no, not a one-time thing either. Neither is laying yourself on the altar. It's not a one-time thing. Amen. Change uniforms. Put on Christ's robe of righteousness. And you can go in confidence, not because of what you have done, but because of what he has done. Surrender your life completely to his plan. And here's my charge to you. To go in the power of the Holy Spirit and proclaim good news to the poor. Proclaim liberty to the captives. Recover the sight of the blind and set the oppressed free. And if you have heard what it takes, now like proof, go and do everything you have heard. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week. Thank you.